Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. Other people want to make friends. I'm just trying to make you some money. My job, not just entertain, educate, teach, put in context. So call me at 1-800-743-CNBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. The market cooled off today before rebounding into the close for mixed session. Dow ultimately sliding 67 points, S&P declining 0.03%, Nasdaq advancing 0.04%. But come on, let's face it. At this point, all eyes are on next week. When we come in on Monday, we'll know who won the election. So how do you respond? Simple. You should do nothing. Why? Because it looks like once again that we are going to have divided government. And with divided government, there's not a lot that the president can do, never has been able to, never will. Biden might be more aggressive about protecting the environment or fighting COVID-19, less aggressive about cracking down on China. Of course, he's got all these different departments that can make rulings. But I I wish I could say something simplistic, like sell your Trump stocks. Wouldn't that be easy? Trump stock, Trump stock. Uh, And buy Biden stocks. I guess I got to get a new button. But the only viable Trump stock is Nucor, the steelmaker. And I would never sell that. They're a real good company. Sure, Trump's been very friendly to fossil fuels, but calls a dying business. Letting oil companies drill everywhere has perversely hurt the whole industry because now there's a massive oil glut. Other than Chevron and Pioneer, I think the whole group remains uninvestable. Businesses do love Trump's tax cuts, but with divided government, Biden probably can't even roll those back. On the other hand, a Biden presidency might mark the beginning of a more friendly policy toward China. Personally, I think we need to take a hard line on the Chinese government. They don't play fair. So neither should we. However, Wall Street hates the trade war because it's bad for corporate earnings. And there's nothing bigger than corporate earnings, right? But this is, uh, this is mad money, not mad trade policy. So we have to factor in what it would mean to have, uh, let's just say, a truce in the trade war. Still, we might have to put caveats on some of the stocks we follow, factoring in a Biden presidency, which seems very likely at this point, even if Trump uh, never concedes the White House. With that in mind, let's get toward the individual stocks in our game plan. I'm betting the week starts off with a genuine bang. When McDonald's reports on Monday, I think Biggie D's is doing incredibly well because it's the easiest place to pick up food in the age of COVID-19, right? I mean, they're the king of the drive-through economy, and the drive-through economy is what we find ourselves in. 
And then there's plug power. That's my favorite way to play the coming hydrogen fuel cell revolution. This is a company that spent years lost in the wilderness, but now finally has real orders. Fuel cells are in 35,000 forklifts. It's the real deal. After the close of the year from Occidental Petroleum, Oxy as we call it, I want you to listen. You know why? Because it'll be an object lesson in why you need to avoid the oil stocks. Some analysts are going to get behind it. They always do. All I urge is that you please don't get suckered in. Now, here's an album. We've got IFF, International Flavors and Fragrances Reporting. It's a really good company, but it's been a stock that's been dragged down by a tsunami of selling. And that's in part because of a very complicated deal with DuPont. IFF has actually a long history of delivering consistent numbers because consumer packaged good companies need their proprietary sense and taste to move merchandise. You know what? In all my years of following this, and I started following it in 1982, I've never seen a stock this cheap. Maybe you can get its mojo back this quarter when the DuPont deal closes. Rough on here, Simon Properties. They report and they're the biggest and the best owner of shopping malls. Now, you may be surprised by how well they're doing, if only because Simon's likely to be the last mall standing, and that may have some cachet. They're trying to get out of a pre-COVID deal to buy Talbot, another mall operator, though I don't know how much they can say. Because Talbot reports at the same time. Uh, you got to listen to this one because of all the pandemic-driven retail layoffs and store closures. And that's going to matter when it gets to even. We had a great unemployment number today, relatively. But you're going to start hearing about some layoffs in retail soon. Now, this week's really front-loaded. We're going to find out about the renewed strength in the growth stocks when we hear from one of my faves, Beyond Meat. Remember, I got a vegan daughter. And then we got Ring Central. Holy cow, we've been behind that one for a long time. Now, Beyond Meat's been missing quarters because they pushed prices down to make their faux meat offerings more mainstream. That is a terrific long-term strategy, even if it hurts short-term. short-term. That's what you want. You want their stuff to be under the price of regular beef. Ring Central's a cloud-based communication software firm with a video offering that competes against Zoom. Now, I've liked that stock for ages. If it can rally it to the quarter, then it will tell you a great deal about this market's attitude toward growth stocks. Remember, it's been hot and cold. This week's been great for growth stocks. Then there are two speculative vaccine developers, and they've both been on the show, Novavax a while ago, and then Novio Pharma very recently. Now, they're both working on something for COVID, worth watching for, uh, for that, even as I suspect it's not worth wagering on. I like the word wagering when it comes to vaccines, unfortunately. There's too much competition. Still, I expect something good from Novavax. They've got a trial out in, Asia, in uh, Australia. Uh, and, and Novia, let's just call it a Novio because I'm a polite fella. A mystery. Tuesday. Tuesday, we get two reads on housing, one from D.R. Horton, big home builder, and one from Rocket Companies. That's that mortgage lender that I talk about with low rates in America's fleeing cities for the suburbs and also the rural parts of the country, if only so they can have more leg room while they're trapped at home during the pandemic. I bet they both have really good quarters. Then we've got results from another vaccine play still. It's BioNTech or BioNTech, which is a partner with Pfizer. Now, they seem to have the lead when it comes to mass production. I, I, I I'm, I'm, I'm confident that Pfizer can have something good for us, by the way. I also like Corsair Gaming. We profiled that earlier this week because it feels like the uh, son of Logitech, one of our biggest winners. This will be their first quarter out of the gate. They tend to be good ones. On Wednesday, Air Products reports, and we love these industrial gas plays. Their top competitor, Lindy, posted a solid number. I was surprised the stock wasn't up, but I expect more of the same, if even better, from Air Products. The cannabis stocks went nuts today. You see, some of them, the volume of them was like, was many times the size of the actual float of the company. But that's because the prospect of a Biden presidency. They're trading like he'll legalize weed nationwide, even though he only campaigned on decriminalizing it. Marijuana would still be a controlled substance, but you get the the equivalent of a parking ticket rather than a prison sentence for possession. Uh, That's not really a recipe for selling gummies in the grocery store, though, is it? 
Well, most of the pot plays loose money. There's one that I, I like, an American one, Green Thumb, and that does okay. It reports after the close, and I bet the numbers are going to be terrific. Be careful, though. The cannabis cohort's currently up on a lot of fluff, almost as crazy as the electric vehicle plays. Yet much has to happen before things truly go their way. But I bet Green Thumb gives you a thumbs up and a roadmap. We'll also be watching Lemonade. No, it's not a drink company, a consumer packaged good company. It's a newly public company that's using artificial intelligence to shake up the insurance industry. I expect strong results. I feel the same way about GoodRx, another newly public company. They're all reporting this week. It is an app that finds you the lowest drug prices. Expect good things when it reports on Thursday morning. I use it. I use the company. It is pretty amazing. Uh, first quarter out of the gate tends again to be strong. After the close Thursday, we've got three biggies. Disney, which stock acted very well today, Cisco and Applied Materials. I don't know what Disney can say right now that would be all that encouraging given the pandemic, other than how well the Disney Plus offering is doing. But they've told us that. Cisco's been struggling of late, but it's a cheap stock, bountiful dividend, paying you to wait. Applied Materials is part of a red-hot semiconductor capital equipment cohort. That group is loved right now because the semis are on fire, and I like that one, too. Finally, on Friday, we hear from one of your favorites. And in full disclosure, a company I do an online fantasy football program for a couple times a week called Bull Market Fantasy. And I'm talking about DraftKings. So it's difficult for me to comment. However, we know that sports betting was a big winner on Election Day, and anything that legalizes gambling is a big win for DraftKings, as well as, by the way, Penn National. With this incredibly positive week, earnings season is winding down. But there's still tons of important companies to hear from. Here's the bottom line. Next week, it will be unpredictable. My bias remains bullish. It's been a good call, hasn't it? Although we have to keep our eyes open because this is still a kind of a crazy market, and we have one of the best weeks that I've seen in years. Scott in Colorado. Scott! How you doing, Jimmy? We love your action. My wife and I watch all the time. Well, that is really nice. I got to tell you, and you are, Scott, why I keep doing the darn show. Uh, and your wife, all of course. Right. All right. So What's going yeah, on? We went to cash about four months ago. The Dow was at 26.1, I think. Really? And, of course, of course, the market goes right up, right? That's the way it can be, sure. That's why I always like to do things in measured moments. But go ahead. Doesn't matter. So we know we need to get the money back to work but I don't want to be hasty now that we went through all of this. Right, right. So we're looking for some kind of market signal, a downtick, a thought process, something to help us decide when to get back in. All right, well, Scotty, let me tell you something. We're going to get all aboard. It happens. I mean, just think about it. Two weeks ago on Monday, we had people just throwing stocks away. They were just like, sell, 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 sell. And then we had an analyst on Friday, uh, Monday, say, and this Monday, say, sell, 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 everything. Scotty, these things happen. And when they happen, what you have to have is that shopping list, and you put it in, maybe probably 25% of the money you want in then. And that's how we'll do it, slowly, gradually, correctly. Amario in Massachusetts. Amario. A big booyah, Mr. Kramer. Thank you for taking my call. Of course, my pleasure. All right, sir. Well, I have a question about Sony. Yeah. Uh, I have a position in there, long-time option, long-term option. And I'm wondering if I get out now while it's being run up. Or do I jump off the ship? The PS5 is well, coming. Sony's in. actually doing really well, okay? And I cannot count this selling it. It's not. Now, I like American stocks more. Uh, Sony's chart is a little uh, nosebleed, but Sony is a great company. It's always been undervalued. It's finally getting its true valuation. I want you to hold on to it. How about Gonzalo in Florida, please? Gonzalo. Hi, Super Booyah. James from Miami, Florida. Triple Booyah to you. What's going on? <laughs> Not much, not much. All good here. Safe and sound. 
So, Jim, what's the story on Peloton? Uh, got in uh, on the low series, is performing amazingly well. Mm-hmm. And where's the ceiling here? Right, Gonzalo, first of all, Monday morning, you're going to take out exactly what you put in. That's going to take out your basis, the right thing to play with the house's money. I personally did not like the way the stock acted after the quarter. I thought it should have been up today. It was up big at one point, then gave it up. So I want you to be a little more wary that this stock may have run its course for the moment. But you know what? You've got a winner, and you can let it ride as long as you take that cost basis out. All right? That, you must do that no matter what, Gonzalo. All right, next week is going to be a tad unpredictable, don't you think? <laughs> All right. Uh, you know that I'm still bullish, but I do expect, apropos of the second call, there are going to be moments to get in if you really want to. We have money tonight. With more people looking for new sources of entertainment, I'm going to sit down with the CEO of one incredible winning company and stock and CEO at Take-Two Interactive after the earnings. Find out what the video game maker is seeing in terms of demand. Then, as COVID numbers continue to rise, could the stay-at-home plays be worth considering? I'm sitting down with the CEO, oh, get this, of Twinkies. That's right, Hostess Brands. See how it's faring as people continue to stock their cupboards and eat the darn fool heads off. And an under-the-radar COVID-19 player you may never have considered. I've got the exclusive with the CEO of the number one company to clean up the COVID mess, Clean Harbors. So stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call at 1 800 743 CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact, smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visible 
visibility at Indeed.com slash madmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash madmoney right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash madmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you see we're clearing over 120,000 new COVID cases per day, that's terrible news for America. But you know what? It is working as something that is helping the stay-at-home names. Consider the case of Kramer Fave Take-Two Interactive Software, the video game publisher best known for Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead Redemption, that we've been behind literally for 150 points. Now, this, this was not supposed to be a big year for Take-Two, but then the pandemic hit, and it became one of the best performers in the Kramer COVID-19 index. The stock spent the last few months digesting its gains, though, until this week when it caught fire again. When Take-Two reported last night the company shot the lights out, delivering a huge top and bottom line beat, with management raising guidance for their full fiscal year. The stock had run up into the quarter, but it still tacked on another 3.9% gain. That's how good the quarter was. And it's only a few bucks away from its August highs, which I think it'll take out next week. Now, earlier today, we got a chance to speak with Strauss Elnick. He's the bankable chairman and CEO of Take-Two, although that was before the news came out that he's in talks with Codemasters, a British developer focusing on racing games. But he had a lot to say about the quarter just passed and the new consoles launching next week. Take a look. Strauss, welcome back to Mad Money. Thanks. Great to be here, Jim. All right. So, Strauss, I know you as someone who has been really kind of, uh, let's say, flat when it comes to talking about what's going to happen in the future, even what happens in the past. past. But you didn't do it this time. You used the word stellar. I mean, it's popped. You never used such a word. What made your results stellar? Well, I mean, nearly a billion dollars in net bookings in the quarter, beating uh, guidance, beating expectations, and great results across the board for all of our titles, from Grand Theft Auto 5 to Grand Theft Auto Online, Red Dead Redemption 2, Red Dead Online, and of course, NBA 2K21, which is off to a great start, and then releases like PGA Tour 2K21, WWE Battlegrounds, Borderlands 3 continues to deliver. Uh, and the list just goes on and on. So it's it's one of those quarters where everything is working across the board. Well, now, this is a quarter where I think that people should understand that it is not episodic. That's what your business was years ago. People are still doing that. Oh, EA this morning reported a very episodic quarter and therefore disappointing. They had one of those things where it didn't come together. And people then start thinking, well, maybe the industry is much more uh, hit or miss again. But that is the opposite of take two. You have actually got a model and I can model it and it works. Yeah, it's it, it. Look, it was a lot of hard work to to get to this place. And the biggest development, of course, is recurrent consumer spending, which was up over 40 percent in the quarter. And that ability to keep consumers engaged during releases and in between releases has been transformative for us and, and for the industry as well. We also have a bigger and bigger mobile business, and that's a business that keeps clicking along. Our social point uh, games were up 55 percent. In the quarter, I have to disagree with you on something. This notion that recurrence the biggest, I think it's I think that's uh, misleading. I think what's the biggest is the number of people who have either rediscovered or come in maybe because of the pandemic. I was stunned. Women 
people of, of, of all sorts coming in who have never seen a video game and then staying. Yeah. So I, I think that is a big part of the story. I, I think the pandemic reintroduced people and introduced people to this world of interactive entertainment where you not only get great graphics, great stories, great characters, great gameplay, but you can enjoy all that in real time with friends all around the world and create new communities. And at a time, particularly if you are at home, it, it's, it's extraordinary. And I think people are realizing as the world returns to normal that this can continue. This is a great form of entertainment and engagement. We like to consume entertainment with other people. Now, we also have next generation consoles coming. I know young children, Strauss, who can't tell the difference with NBA 2K. They cannot tell the difference between the real game and the game NBA 2K. What happens with next consoles? Yeah, so it's next week. You're going to find out really soon. We'll, we'll actually, with NBA 2K21, we'll be the only sports title in market for over a month for next generation consoles. We're also bringing Battlegrounds 3 to next generation next week. It's an incredibly exciting time. Of course, in the second half of 21, GTA 5 and GTA Online are going to come for next gen as well. And, uh, you know, one can only imagine what's going to happen because we're having another record year seven years after the initial release for Grand Theft Auto Online. Someone said to me when the stock was down two bucks, Strauss will refuses to give us a drop date for Grand Theft Auto. And I'm like, OK, guys, it's, there's been six iterations that he won't give you the, the drop date. Don't you understand? He drops it when it's ready. I mean, you know, Strauss, I, the stock has now moved phenomenally since I met you. And yet the same objections keep coming up. When will people realize, hey, maybe I'm maybe I have a foolish objection? You know, we never argue with the market. We know that we'll always trade on fundamentals. It's our job to be the most creative, the most innovative and the most efficient company in the entertainment business. If we keep putting out the highest quality titles, people will show up. Now, I was also astonished esports each time it, it grows and grows. But female 2K esports, new cohort stress? It's growing and it's great. And, uh, and we're thrilled that we have female players. It's about time. We expect that to grow. And uh, we had a great third season and it's still small business, as you know. Uh, it's, it's not significant uh, to our earnings at all. But we're investing in the future. And I believe in esports. I believe specifically that esports will cluster around a small array of titles, and we hope that NBA 2K League will be one of them. One last question. There are companies that uh, Microsoft doing some M&A. Uh, you have always spoken about organic. You generate a huge amount of cash flow, but you also earmark some of that cash flow for people who aren't doing as well or who need help because you are someone who favors equality and realizes it has to be equality of opportunity. What are you doing? I'm glad you're asking that question. It's been, you know, this has been an extraordinary year and a tragic year for so many. And our labels gathered together and have donated more than $15 million for organizations that are focused on COVID relief and on addressing systemic racism. And we'll continue to give money. We also, because you asked about it, Jim, we also support numerous scholarships to bring a diverse array of people into our business and we have a dedicated scholarship at NYU in game design. So much more to be done. There'll be more to come. I'm thrilled that our team, our, our broad team, is so excited about sharing some of our great success in the interest of increasing diversity and equality within our industry. Well, in the absence of a federal government, 
uh, or any government that is actually doing something, I think, uh, extraordinary for people who are in extraordinarily straits. Thank you very much. And congratulations on a great quarter. Strauss Selnick. Strauss is chairman and CEO of Take-Two Interactive. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Now that we're seeing increasingly horrifying COVID numbers and the weather's about to get too cold for outdoor dining, remember what works in the stay-at-home economy, stuff like packaged foods. Take Hostess Brands, the iconic snack food company you know of as maybe the maker of Twinkies, Ding Dongs, Ho-Hos, Donuts, and of course, Hostess Cupcakes. Now, this has not been the greatest stock tone since it came public in 2016, but this year the company feels like it has really gotten its act together. Yesterday morning, Hostess reported an impressive beat and raise quarter. Stock jumped 3% on the news before tacking on a bit more today. This thing's back to its highest level since January, although it's still pretty darn cheap, selling for 16 times next year's earnings estimates. Could it have more room to run? Let's check in with Andy Callahan, the president and CEO of Hostess Brands. Get a better sense of the quarter of his company's prospects. Mr. Callahan, welcome to Mad Money. Jim, good to be here. Okay, so Andy, let me ask you. Uh, there's nothing like a, a treat like what's behind you. I mean, I just love, I love Ding, I love Hostess, everything you make. But I want to know, is this the kind of food that is the comfort food that people want in America in the morning these days? Uh, in the morning, in the afternoon, and at night. And you're exactly right. 90% brand awareness and consumers love us. Snacking trends and indulgent snacking, both in the morning and afternoon, were on trend before COVID. Uh, and it's just accelerated the in-home behavior. Uh, you know, it's a brand consumers can trust. There's brands they love. As you mentioned, some of those terrific. We're number one in donuts, uh, number one in cupcakes. Uh, and consumers take a lot of solace in uh, some challenging times. Okay, well, you have a nearly 20% top-line growth, but some of that is because you made an acquisition that I have to tell you, to, first I was worried about, because the puppies of Canadian companies, how are they going to integrate that? But it looks like the integration is done, and the businesses together are working perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that, that was one of the appeals to us. It, we, we moved it from an independent distributor model to our consolidated warehouse model during a pandemic and did it flawlessly. We're hitting our targets at lower cost. Our synergies are gonna be uh, close to $20 million. We targeted 15 to 20. Um, and to be able to do that is just credit to the team. But you're absolutely right. It fits within our business model. It's branded, it has niche number one shares. We're gonna be able to grow it. We're gonna be able to expand distribution of it. Uh, so we feel really good about that. 
And just here, we're talking about Vortman vanilla wafers, which I love. And you're the only wafer that is sugar-free that tastes like it's sugared. I call it sugar-free dumb. You're able to enjoy cookies, have a great time uh, with it, and still be able to indulge within the category, which has an emotional benefit to us. We all know we love the snack. We got to do it in a balanced way. And Vortman fits that lifestyle for those consumers that are looking for that. Okay, so let me ask you, there was a time when this you know, two different bankruptcies came public, didn't do that well initially, and then you came in. What were this, what's the secret to the success that you've had to make it so you've even get the leverage down to the point where you announced the stock buyback? Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's phases. The heavy lifting of coming out of bankruptcy, and I call them the second founders. So the second founders had to redo a business model. They had a great brand, terrific sub-brands. They built a new model, um, brought it back to consumers with great appeal, and building that distribution was really important. We're now in, this, in the next phase of that, where we're growing the business, engaging with consumers, innovating it, uh, attacking on uh, new per- uh, great M&As like Bortman. So we really have an expandable model, but that second founders re- uh, really rebuilt an agile culture, performance-based culture, uh, re- redistributed the brand, and now we're on the second phase of growth. And I actually think our best years of value creation are now in front of us. Well, I also think that you're doing something that I would have, that I wish you're, you and I are both from Philadelphia. If I wouldn't know, if I'd know from your accent, if you hadn't told me, we all grew up on Tasty Cakes. We always were trying to figure out why they didn't innovate. You're doing uh, cheesecake donuts, and you're doing uh, che- uh, chocolate caramel. That's what I want. Cream cheese. I mean, I want the stuff to be different each time I go, and you're pulling it off. Yeah, we do. We have a combination of innovation. We have what we call limited time offers, which really appeal to seasonally to consumers when they're in that mode. We have flavor extensions within our core brands that keep the brand fresh, iconic, a hundred year old brand staying fresh and relevant today takes innovation. But then we also have innovation that moves into consumers into new usage occasions or other ways to use it. Our donuts, typically our donuts are either in a sleeve or a bag. We have a we now have a snack pack donut that's doing that's on fire. It's more portable, communicates snacking. So innovations in our lifeblood, it allows us to attract new consumers and to continually grow. Hey, a lot of these brands are brands that I'm not as young as I like as I like to be anymore. But these are brands of my generation, and most of these don't translate to younger consumers. That's not the case with your brands. No, it's not the case. We're innovating. Matter of fact, that's one of the beauties of the. Uh, uh, there's not a lot of things, but the beauties of our current sales is we're able to attract new consumers, new forming households within our plant. We really have two businesses. We have an in-home eating business, either or you buy it for in-home or multi-pack business, and you either take it portable or you eat it at home. And we also have our immediate consumption in the front end of grocery stores or in C stores. We're able to grow our business. Our core hostess business was up uh, over 6% which is really good for a consumer package, good business, and also given our immediate consumption is bad. But those new consumers are younger, new households being reintroduced to the brand and coming back and buying this again at two times the category rate. It's really what innovation does for you, quality products and a terrific brand. Well, Andy, let me ask you one last question. Uh, Why buy back stock. Why not get rid of all that debt so Hostess doesn't get in trouble again? None of us, I mean, I, my wife and I socked in a huge number because we thought they weren't going to make the stuff anymore. Yeah, well, uh, 
our, our, bill, our authorization to buy $100 million of stock back by the board was all about the confidence in the business and the flexibility to be able to give uh, dollars back to our shareholders. So we haven't executed any of that yet, but it gives us the flexibility to do it. Related to leverage, uh, we delever this business given the reliability of our, our free cash flow uh, very quickly, about a turn a year. We'll be about four times uh, plus or minus at the end of this year. And still investing back in the business is our number one priority. Tack on M&A is next. But even if M&A is not available, we'll be able to buy back stock and still delever next year at a very comfortable rate. It's confidence in the business and to be able to give cash back to our shareholders when that value really exists. Well, look, congratulations on the turn and remarkable brands. A lot of people have given up on them. You read the articles and it just looked like you were going to close. You're doing anything but. You're one of the faster growers in the whole business. Andy Callahan, President and CEO of Hostess Brands. Thank you so much, sir. Thanks for having me, Jim. All right, guys, this is a real easy one to remember because the symbol is TWNK. What do you think that's from? Twinkies! Mad Money's back into the break. All sorts of companies are creating new businesses out, basically whole cloth, to deal with this pandemic. Take a company called Clean Harbors. It's the leading play in the hazardous waste disposal uh, business. And I've got to tell you, long a favorite of the show. After getting hammered earlier this year because it has so much exposure to dirty cyclical industries that need a strong economy, which we know we didn't have, Clean Harbors has made an incredible comeback this week. On Wednesday, the company reported a terrific quarter. Even though their sales suffered, they tightened up on cost to the point where they could earn 90 cents a share when the analysts only wanted 28 cents. Even better, Clean Harbors has developed a nice business doing COVID decontamination. De- they think it could be worth $100 million this year. That's very nice. Even though the stock surged from the mid-50s to the mid-60s this week, it's still way off its highs, and there could be some more upside here. So let's take a closer look with Alan McKim. He's the chairman, president, and CEO of Clean Harbors. Find out more about the quarter his company's prospects. Alan, welcome back to Mad Money. Thanks, Jim. Thanks so much for having me back. Oh, it's great to see you, sir. Now, I think it's important to recognize that people have to understand that even though year over year uh, you may not look like comparisons that are that good, Quarter to quarter, you had a, nearly a $70 million improvement, sequential basis. How was that possible? Yeah, we really got hit in that second quarter, and uh, we, we really came back in the third quarter, and it, it really looks like business is uh, really turning back on again for us. And, you know, as you know, when we do have these kind of uh, disruptions like we've been having with the COVID, uh, it hurts part of our business, but on the other hand, uh, we got to a significant amount of decontamination work, like you mentioned, and that's uh, that's pretty typical to our history. Well, let's talk about that, because I think people have to understand it's not like a, a, a super fun site, so to speak, but uh, uh, let's say a NASCAR racetrack needs clean harbors, right? Absolutely. I mean, um, every automotive shop, uh, manufacturing facility, anybody that uses oil or chemicals uh, relies on clean harbors to handle their hazardous waste disposal. And then periodically they do have spills and need cleanup work uh, for sure. It, how easy is, is it to, I, and this is a personal question, but to clean a sports stadium? Because I want to go very much to the Super Bowl, but I don't want it to be someplace where the building itself can get me sick. You know, we've, uh, we've done almost 10,000 decontaminations at this point, and uh, people really rely on us and because our people are trained. Uh, they have the right safety gear, PPE. They have the right equipment. Uh, 
even back 20 years ago when we were dealing with anthrax, the company has a tremendous reputation and experience in giving customers confidence that we can take care of any kind of decontamination. And uh, uh, we continue to see uh, a big ramp up in this uh, part of our business right now. And uh, hopefully it's going to go away soon with the, you know, with the virus and vaccine coming. You know something, um, we don't know, of course, yet who is going to be uh, president of the United States. But there's a moment in your conference call where someone brings up PFAS. Now, uh, my dad worked for 3M. It's a great company. Uh, they are involved in this litigation. And you talk about the need, the possibility of a federal mandate. Now, you would never get that under President Trump because, frankly, it's not really been a focus for him. But I have to believe that uh, uh, a President Biden would take a hard look at water contamination and may say this is not acceptable. And the only company I could think of that could handle the job is yours. Well, certainly we think that uh, PFAS is an opportunity like PCBs were back in the 70s. Uh, we own a number of incinerators and landfills. We know how to treat uh, PFAS and groundwater. Uh, I think what would be really helpful is to have a federal program uh, like we have uh, as part of RECRA, I think each state today is really trying to take it upon themselves. But I do believe that we need a federal mandate or federal regulatory uh, environment that we can work in here. Without that, I think the states are often uh, prone to settle. They want to settle because they want to make a little money. They don't want to do wrong. Nobody's trying to do wrong. It's groundwater. So everybody takes it seriously. But it, it's the states don't really have the capability. And we've abdicated a lot of of what normally would have been done at the federal government level to the states. And they're not as necessarily as seasoned as it, to able to handle these issues. Absolutely. And I think there's a lot of unknown and I think a lot more testing needs to be done. But uh, but clearly because of the the chemicals that we're talking about, the use, particularly with fire foam and how that's been used throughout the years. Uh, you know, there, there's quite a bit of this material out there and it needs to be safely managed. And uh, I think the states could use some help uh, from the federal uh, programs. Now, when there, there used to be, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. A lot of times we would have you on, there were uh, a lot of spills. It, it, it seems like maybe the pipeline companies, have they gotten, uh, let's say, more... Uh, proficient at, at not having spills or is this uh, the current government not as uh, as draconian as previous governments? No, clearly uh, we've seen a huge reduction since the early 90s after uh, open 90 during the, uh, the Valdez incident. We've seen a huge decline uh, because companies are much more uh, cautious, much better planned. Uh, and, and so our event businesses relates to oil oil spills uh, has really declined. When you see large hurricanes coming through, uh, like we had this year, we do seem to still get big uh, events when, when we have these natural, uh, you know, uh, weather events. But uh, the, the oil companies particularly have done a great job of, of changing the whole uh, network that they have out there. Oh, one last question, uh, because you guys got the hazmat suits, got the PPE. Uh, this COVID is far more dangerous than we think, isn't it? There are a lot of people just saying it's the flu. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have the big death rate anymore. This thing seems about as infectious as anything I've ever seen. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, our, our team has just done an amazing job out there in responding to the, to our customers and uh, and also doing it safe. Uh, uh, we've had a very small amount, uh, 15,000 people. Uh, we've had roughly about 300 people with COVID and uh, really have no uh, 
examples at all of anybody getting it at work. So uh, we, I think we've done a really good job of protecting our people out there. But it is, uh, based on what we see, you know, highly contagious for sure. All right. Well, look, Alan, it's good to see you. And thank you for doing the job that you're doing, because, boy, do we ever need it. We need to feel we got to find some place that we're safe. And maybe it's a place that just got cleaned up by Clean Harbors. Alan McKinnon, Clean Harbors Chairman, President CEO. Always good to see you, sir. Nice to see you, Jim, as always. Thanks okay. so much. Look, they're the pros. We need pros. Bad Money's back in the break. It is time! It's time for the lightning round! What's that? And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Ski Dad? It's time for the lightning round! Let's start with John in Georgia. John! Professor Kramer, it's an honor, sir. First time, long time caller here. Uh, thanks for all the great advice through the years. You've Thank helped you. me retire early. I appreciate that very there much. There we go. Uh, retire early. My stock is Solar, Solar Edge. That's Oh, man, you know, they missed they had that product that was delayed, and that's why people didn't like it. Opto downgraded. It got slammed. Why don't we just stick with First Solar, best in show? And I know if we do get a President Biden, who the heck knows these days, then maybe that stock would have a, a tailwind from the White House. How about Ryan in Florida? Ryan. Yes, booyah, Jimmy Chill. Oh, man, the chill man in the house. What's going on? Second time, long time, my friend. Yeah, I like that. What's up? Yes. So, Chill Man, I absolutely love this company, and I need to know if I should love the stock, too. They're riding a four-quarter beat, and J.P. Morgan just piped in on the situation last week. I'm wearing their headset right now, have their VoIP phone and pod mic on my desk, and their fantastic 4K camera on my display here at my home office. This company has partnered with Microsoft all and right. Zoom, who all we right. all know are two darlings of the COVID work from anywhere in corporate culture and seem to me to be a sneaky play in this episode. Okay. They have... So many great people in the organization, including recently acquired CEO Dave Schultz. people. Best in show. PLT, formerly known as Plantronics, now known as Poly. What do you have? All right. Uh, Good company. Uh, Very high-quality stuff. uh, High-end stuff. I'm a Logitech guy. Lower-end, more gaming-oriented. But I'm not going to go against you. I think you've done your homework, clearly. I think you got a good one. Now we're going to go to Rome in Florida. Rome. Booyah, Jim. Schubert's in the house. How's it going, my man? Couldn't be better. Thank you for asking. How about you? Doing, doing well, doing well. The question I have for you, Jim, tonight is the stock of Workhorse, WKHS. Oh, it's an EV stock. Workhorse is a bit of a show horse for me. I want, If I want EV, I'm going with the plug power, which supports next Monday. So it's good. I'd put a little gun to my head. I'd say take that gun away from my head. But I think plug power is the way to go. 35,000 forklifts using hydrogen cells. That's what we want. I'm a hydrogen guy more than I am an EV guy, except for Tesla. How about Ben in Georgia? Ben! Hey, Jim, my question is about a company that uses the cryptocurrency XRP to send cross-border payments. That company's uh, MoneyGram, MGL. Yeah, I know MoneyGram, but you know what? You ought to just go buy the crypto. I mean, I, I, I like the Bitcoin situation. So therefore, what we're going to do, even though MoneyGram is up a lot, is we're going to buy PayPal because Dan Schulman is going all in with crypto. Let's go to Eric in California. Eric. Hey, Jim, too. What's up? I'm a fan of the show. I'm calling about Fortnite. Ticker symbol FTMT. I like cybersecurity. I like that one. It's one of my faves. And when we have, you know, wow. You know, that's interesting. That stock has come in. That's kind of interesting. You know, look, I mean, so, you know, 
Palo Alto Networks is my fave, and I like CrowdStrike, so I'm not going to put this one in, in, in the, uh, ch- the Champions Award, you know, the Breeders' Cup. Thank you, Tommy McGrath, and congratulations to you for the big win today. But I am going to say that it's okay. Let's go to Rand in Missouri. Rand. Hi, Jim. Would you buy, would you buy sell, or hold Alibaba stock? I am pounding the table to buy Alibaba. I was almost put in the bullpen for AxelersPlus.com, which Apple Trust was just down with this ant thing. You know what? I think you got a winner there in Alibaba. Let's take one more. Let's go to Prashant, who I think this may be long the second time in a long time. Prashant, you're up. Booyah, Jim, from Sunny California. I'm a longtime listener, first-time caller on your show. And okay. a quick shout-out to all my MKK friends listening in. There you go. Maybe I can listen to your show on my phone or a podcast during my daily runs. Okay. And the stock? Hey, I, I really in- enjoy the insights you offer, so thank you so much for all that you do for us. Thank you. Oh, quite welcome. My, What's going on? Give me a stock. We'll go to my, work. Yeah, my question is about a pet insurance company. The number of pets in the U.S. has been growing at a healthy rate, but the cost of taking care of pets has risen, too. Okay, I like so PetFresh. I like IDEX. I like um, Chewy at 70. Which one's this? This is the insurance one? It's a Trupian. The insurance one. It's good. We need pet insurance. The problem with pet insurance is very expensive. But that this company makes a lot of money. Why? Because it costs a fortune when you go to the vet without it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. It's the earnings, stupid. Yeah, 28 years ago, a big-time Democratic strategist and cool guy, James Carville, liked to sum up the Clinton campaign message as, it's the economy, stupid. Since then, it's become a political truism. Uh, you want to know who win an election? Look at the economy. A lot of people seem to think the stock market works the same way. If the economy's strong, if we get good numbers, like today's jobs report, then stocks should go higher, right? Not so fast. That used to be the case. As recently as five years ago, I wrote a book with a chapter devoted to explaining the relationship between the unemployment rate and the stock market. For most of my career, you could practically set your clock to it. But that was before the pandemic, which has turned the world upside down, including the financial world. First, in order to offset the economic damage from COVID, the Federal Reserve has gotten into the business of bailing out publicly traded companies by effectively backstopping their bonds. Second, the employment number is more a reflection of how small and medium-sized businesses are doing. But those businesses aren't listed on any stock exchange. They don't trade. Third and most important, we no longer have one coherent economy. We have two. We have the regular economy. It's a mix of good and bad. And we have the COVID economy. And that, that economy is totally on fire. Which brings me back to the earnings. There are tons of huge companies that flat out benefit from the pandemic. Right now, those companies are practically printing money. They don't need the regular economy. They were doing great during the lockdown back in the spring, too. Consider some of these true blowouts of just today. Square, the payments company, right? It's a payment tech company, fintech. It makes these terrific point-of-sale systems you can plug into your phone. Just reported a magnificent quarter. Sent the stock flying up 13%. Not long ago, the company came up with a new concept. It's called Cash App, which is the fastest way for small businesses to transact with each other. Think of Cash App as the business casual version of Venmo. There wasn't much excitement for this thing, but when we saw Square's numbers this morning, Cash App was up an astounding 174%. It's the triumph of fintech over the banks. Next up, CVS Health. 
We're 5% today because it finally gave you a straightforwardly better than expected quarter. Even when we go back into partial lockdown, CVS is an essential retailer. Plus, don't forget, they've got a huge health insurance business, Aetna. It's politically bulletproof for at least the next two years because it got divided government. Then you get the streaming video plays. We all expected big quarters from Roku, the king of cord cutting, and the trade desk, which helps run digital advertising campaigns. But the actual numbers were insanely good. And that's how Roku could tackle more than 12%, while the trade desk shot up 26%. Finally, don't forget Take-Two Interactive, the one we talked about earlier, a terrific video game publisher. We just heard CEO Strauss Zelnick say in the show that the business is definitely on fire. Now, maybe you think I'm cherry-picking a handful of COVID winners that reported great numbers today. Come on! I've highlighted dozens of companies over the past two weeks. Throw in Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Alphabet, Microsoft, some of the largest companies on Earth. The story's clear. Forget the economy. It's the earnings, stupid. That's what's driving these companies in almost takeover-like moves. You know what? I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to try to find it just for you right here on Mad Money. And I've got to tell you something. With this market, let's be a little... It's too hot. I'm Jim Cramer, and I will see you Monday. The news with Shepard Smith starts now. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.